Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Melanie Curtis. Melanie, you are a consultant. You're a speaker and author. And get this, you're a professional skydiver. You're found on the web at MelanieCurtis.com. Melanie, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. I'm so happy to be here. That's an intro. Yeah, of all those things, I don't get to talk to professional skydivers very often. Yeah. So uh, um, tell us an overview of your work and please go into the skydiving thing. <laughs> well, I was a competitive skydiver for a long time. I have done world, world records. I've traveled the world as a professional headlining coach and uh, just, you know, person that shows up at events to help people learn and feel welcome and jump out of certain airplanes. And the coaching that I did in skydiving competitively was also to help people reach the competitive success that they were after. So that stuff, and there's so much more to the to the professional skydiving story, certainly, but that underpins how I serve as a coach, a life coach, executive coach, how I serve as a consultant and a speaker and a facilitator, all this stuff that you can learn from being a professional athlete, from wow. being immersed in a community, from building a vast network of relationships, all of that stuff clearly translates to entrepreneurship, business, and any level of building network and relationship. All right. Give us your three to five minute TED talk on what (laughs) entrepreneurs can learn uh, from professional skydiving. (laughs) There's no way it would be that short. (laughs) I would be getting the hook off the stage for sure. Um, But you know, it's, it's interesting. Like Professional skydiving comes in many forms, um, but I think there's a lot that can be taken from my competitive experience and my experience as a coach and player coach. And that's the thing, like a player coach is something where they hire you to be on the team in a group would say, so like what I would do is I would do four-way formation skydiving where it'd be four people and a videographer filming the group. And there's specific uh, formations that you have to do inside of 35 seconds. You exit an aircraft, the clock starts, and you score as many points as you can in those 35 seconds. So that's a really structured environment to both compete, but it's also speaks to the value of the structured environment in terms of achieving those, those things as well. Like that's something I always liked about competitive skydiving in that lane is that it was very clear. The goals are very clear and you score as many points as you can. And these are the formations that you need to do. This is what it looks like in the door as you exit an aircraft. This is what it feels like when you leave the door, but haven't yet reached terminal velocity. 
there are so many different nuances to that type of, of flying. And then there's equally so many different nuances to the building of team dynamics. What is the structured communication that you are going to have in place, for example, to mm. facilitate this bigger goal over the course of, say, a year or two years, right, to reach a certain level of competitive success? So that's one thing I would say is to have a system, some kind of clarified and agreed upon structure of communication and execution. So that includes like debrief process. That includes what mm -hmm. we call pass the rock, which was something that we would do to mitigate conflict. So I don't know about you, but in teamwork, in personalities come together, it's not always roses and, and it's tough. You get to know people on a really deep level and you can be triggered and frustrated and need to figure out how to communicate through those more challenging situations. So that structured debrief, that structured communication can really help that with that conflict resolution. The other thing I would say, is goes along with the bigger timeline of what we're looking to achieve and having a more structured goal setting plan. Because how do you get to being on the podium at a national championship or at the world level without having some kind of sense for how to get there, or at least some practice of reverse engineering how mm. to get there? Right. So those things really matter. And that's kind of in the practical nitty gritty. How do we get there? How do we execute? How do we actually get there at the end of the day and not blow up because we've had some major fight? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then the last thing I would say, and again, there's so much more I could say, but the last thing I would say on this particular piece is then the third thing is accessing flow state. So we have all this structure, we have all this this planning and strategy, and we have all this, these skills that we're building around communication and connection such that we are emotionally free enough, emotionally and psychologically safe enough to be able to let go, to be able to trust our teammates, to be able to trust in the door of the aircraft when we're exiting on round one or round 10 when we're tied. You know what I mean? Like that stuff really matters. And that's how we then access flow state inside of a competitive environment. But this absolutely applies in business and teams and any kind of goal that we're going after. I can imagine, Melanie, in your work um, professionally, and and again using skydiving or skydiving as a bit of a backdrop um, or metaphor, uh, that you know there's going to be a lot of applications where we are perhaps faced with something big, bold, scary. I mean, even you know starting a business or you know leaving a full time position or you know making a hard decision you know like okay we're going to stop you know this this section or or you know this activity that we had been doing historically so that we can concentrate and focus on an area where we feel like is where we should be um right now like we're looking at a potential acquisition and it's you know it's risk it's scary it's it, you know it's all those things we, we don't want to do the wrong thing and so you know sometimes uh, you know that fear wants to keep us sitting in the airplane <laughs> where it's, we know <laughs> yeah. we we think we're not going to die in there we're not so sure once we go out the door absolutely yeah i mean that's so entirely valid 
and absolutely smart to think about those things. Well, the way I like to talk about this is I call it calculated courage, where of course it, it's, I would never recommend people just say, oh, I'm just, and just go jump out of an airplane literally or metaphorically, because that implies a reckless move that implies I haven't really done much preparation that implies I'm just uncomfortable and that discomfort and my inability to be, to be with that discomfort is what's driving my choice versus being like, I have made a thoughtful choice. I've considered my values. I've learned in this lane that I maybe didn't know enough about. I've done research on this acquisition I'm going to make. I have learned how how to pull my parachute handle and fly my parachute to the ground, right? Like there are things that we need to learn before recklessly hucking ourselves out the door as it were, right? And so that's one thing to think about. And then as people who are willing to do that, we're like, okay, cool. I'm the person who I'm not lazy. I'm going to show up. I'm going to learn. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. I'm going to prepare. And then there are the people that get really stuck in, I'm just going to prepare for forever, right? I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And that can be the next sort of uh, inflection point of where people get stuck, held back by fear. So when that happens, it, it takes a mindfulness to go to recognize you are going to feel that fear. And it sounds super cliche, but there is something about building a skill around stepping through that version of discomfort and being willing to risk what you have prepared around. Does that make sense? In order yeah. to have a leveled up experience, it's the only way. Otherwise, we simply stay stuck and sta stagnant and nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, again, I'm sh I see another thing in your background is that, uh, and we, we've shared this, uh, is that um, uh, you've been involved in comedy, specifically improv comedy. And um, <laughs> a year of improv was so so good for me. Yeah. Um, I tend to be, you know, have that overly analytical brain that's like, oh, no, no, no don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and if there was one thing that I would say the biggest transformation for me, you know, over that year of, you know, consistent study and, you know, performing, and I wasn't necessarily good, um, but, um, it did allow me to trust, right? And to trust that, you know what? And you're you're fine, right? And in the moment, you know, you've been, you're ready for this. You're perfectly fine. You could trust your scene partner. You could trust other people around you. You could trust the audience. Whatever you say, it's, it's going to be fine, right? Yeah. And, and that, that was, that, Aha was like, I mean, it was completely transformed my life. Oh, and um, man, if there's just one plug I can put in for anyone who's considered taking improv and just kind of focus on, especially if you're like me, where you like you easy to get in your head. Um, so valuable, Melanie. I'm sure you've got some great perspective on that. Yes, I love that you did that. And it make I am not surprised that that was the takeaway that you got from that experience. And that's the thing. It, improv is a perfect parallel to everything that I just said. Literally the same parallel. You have to 
you go in with sort of this, these white knuckles trying to control outcomes, which is normal, right? We care about our lives. We care about what we put out into the world. And the, and there comes a point again, where we're like those white knuckles start to hold us back versus like helping us to make sure what we're putting out or what we're, how we're being in the world is actually authentically us in a, in a sort of organically free state. And again, that's a different, bigger conversation too, Mm -hmm. but in the realm of improv, like comparing improv and standup is also a great example because standup is, and I'm not a standup comedian. I'm not a comedian. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just be clear, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of hubris that you're not, you also can't say, Oh, I'm a stand-up comic and I'm really funny. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't say that. And you can say I'm totally. a skydiver and I'm actually really good because I'm competitive. Totally. You know, it's like oh but my comedy, God. yeah, you can't really, it's like, you know. So funny. But anyways, com- stand-up has major, major structure. I have serious, serious respect for stand-up comedians because that skill set is one that they decide to take on. And that's what I really respect about it. It's it's a it's a nuanced skill set and it's mm-hmm. a, a lane. And it, we talk about entrepreneurship niching down. Even if you can look at that and see it in the realm of comedy and go, okay, they're going to be a stand-up where they're going to hone a piece of material that is so, so rehearsed, it seems like it is entirely natural. And then you've got the other side of the house and improv where you're like, you can't prepare anything. You right. have to legitimately just surrender and let go. Surrender. And so you, I love it. Yeah. You see that in skydiving where like, I have a very specific set of formations that we need to do. And yet we need to get to that point where we need to also surrender and make it feel and be truly naturally coming out of our bodies. And that, you know what I mean? Like that preparedness gets us to that point where we can surrender with less and less fear over time. Cause that's really, I think the question is how do we get more masterful getting through fear? How, how does that even work? Well, you spoke to it. You start to do these things, but you set yourself up such that the leap isn't so huge that it is, feels reckless or feels too terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, Melanie, very specifically about the work that you do today, who you work with, what's the transformation? Are you doing most of this through speaking or are you working individually and consulting as well? Sounds like. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a consultant facilitator, keynote speaker and can coach. I've done a lot of one-on-one coaching over the years, but I've also done a lot of facilitation and group coaching. And it's primarily, I work with people who used to be me. As in the type A person who is very connected to external results, which is very much usually typically a culture tone when you work with leadership teams is that there's this focus on external results and then there's this sort of neglect about the internal landscape and the and the mindset landscape and the emotional uh, intelligence landscape. So those are the things where it's like, how do we actually bring that stuff into conversation and then into action and iteration and experimentation with our leadership teams in an appropriate way, of course, based on the culture and the needs for that organization. And or how do we bring that to ourselves when we are individually having some kind of high level existential crisis where (laughs) our external life is very much fulfilling or very much a picture of quote unquote success, but we are not feeling fulfilled that that question people are met with that 
that impasse a lot. Yeah. And so when somebody goes to your website, Melanie, melaniecurtis.com, um, what do they click on? Like, how do they, wh- what are all the ways that they can engage with you and kind of start to get into your world? And I know you've produced some good content. Uh, yeah. Where do we start? <laughs> Well, thank you. My website is definitely a great place to start. You can go all to my socials that they're all linked there, but it's certainly if you're interested in the coaching or the consulting, there's the coaching tab and the speaking tab. Those are the places I would point people to for that. Uh, but I do a lot of funny videos on my YouTube. My Instagram is very rich. Uh, and my LinkedIn, of course, is where I would invite people to personally directly connect with me on a professional level. Awesome. Melanie Curtis, thank you so much again. You are a consultant, author, speaker, and professional skydiver. Melanie (laughs) Curtis, your website, again, melaniecurtis.com. Thank you so much, Melanie, for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.